My beloved Jesus Christ, our Lord, first and foremost, a happy Father's Day to all our fathers and our grandfathers and our godfathers and all of you that have acted in a fatherly manner to anybody. The Father has a very important role. And we see it even in our Lord's life. Probably the most powerful thing said to Jesus by His Father was after His baptism, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Every son and daughter needs to hear that from their father. Whether they're small children, young adults, or even aged. They need to hear that they have value and love in the sight of their fathers. So I encourage all of you, dads, fathers, grandfathers, those who have acted in a fatherly manner, to tell those, your children, your spouse, that they're most beloved by you and you're well pleased. We need to be grounded in that love. And then it's from that font that we can grow and flourish. That wasn't the homily. Last week, last week we talked about the rich flowing waters of McDonald Creek in the Glacier National Park. Remember I talked about the waterfalls and the way the water was just flowing around and it just made you so thirsty and you, you saw all the rich, lush forests. Well, this week, it was at the other extreme. I was in Phoenix where we were setting records or tying records for the hottest days for this time of year. 111, 112. My car at one point said 114. Mighty warm. It's like sitting in our warming oven. So it was nice to get back onto the plane. And when I travel, I have these headphones. They're noise cancellation headphones. When I started traveling quite a bit, I was telling Bishop Kurt Burnett about how exhausted I am when I get to where I'm going. Especially because most of the time I'm in the back of the plane where the bathrooms are behind the engines and it's like every conversation seems to fly back and just be this big hum of noise. And he told me what he had to do. He says, it got to me so I had to buy these headphones so that when I get back, I got where I was going, I wasn't so fatigued. So I took his advice and I got these headphones. But you have to be careful with headphones because when you put them on, suddenly you isolate yourself from everybody around you. You get into your seat and the headphones come on and don't bother me. I don't want to be bothered to or talked to. So I made it a point that when I get on a plane, I get my seat ready and I get my headphones and I put them around my neck. I pull my book out and I sit in my seat. And I won't put the headphones on until... I see how the trip is going to go. Friday, Friday afternoon, flying home, I get into the plane, I do my usual thing, my, my routine, and put my headphones around my neck, and I sit in my place, and I'm looking at the Alaskan magazine, and I was in the aisle, the center seat was empty, and then there was a person against the window. And it looked like the boarding was just about done, and I'm thinking to myself, sweet! You know how nice it is to have a little extra room to stretch out, right? 
And so then finally a couple more people come on. They go towards the back of the plane. I thought, oh, I'm safe. And I hear them say, okay, the door is closed. And I go, this will be a nice trip. I guess I need a little space. And then all of a sudden this woman comes up and says, I need to, that's my seat. Great. I get up, let her in. So I thought, okay, we'll see what happens. Because every time for me as an adventure, who is God going to put into my path? So I leave the headphones around my neck and we're taxiing. And her headphones go on and a movie comes out. And I thought, oh, okay. And the guy across the aisle from me, you know, it's hard to have a conversation across that aisle, but I thought I would try. But he was busy engaged with the guy in the center seat next to him. So we take off and I leave myself available for a conversation. And obviously it's not going to happen. So finally, the noise is starting to get to me, so I put the headphones on. I don't usually listen to music. I like it just quiet so I can either think or read. And we're flying along. And about an hour and a half, maybe an hour left into the flight, I go, I can't wear these anymore. The pressure starts to bother me, so I take them off. A little while goes on, and all of a sudden I see this woman next to me. She, almost in, in frustration, she takes them off, puts her phone down. And she just sits there. And out of the corner of my eye, I can see there's something going on within her. You know, I'm there in my cassock, and I've got my cross on. And, and finally, after a little bit, I guess she muscled up the courage. And she said, who are you? What are you? <laughs> and I explained to her. And then she began to tell me about herself. She goes, I'm a born-again Christian. I go, really? And I always like to know their story. And they are excited to tell their story. So she told me that after she got out of the military as a young woman, she led a very bad life. And she was in and out of prison. And while she was being transferred from one prison to another, she saw this stand that said, the God Squad. And she saw they had coffee there. And she goes, all I was interested in was a cup of coffee before I got back in the bus. But she went to get a cup of coffee, and a conversation ensued that changed her life. She finished her prison term and come out a changed person, on fire for God, living a life of righteousness to the best that she could. It was a marvelous story. So she starts asking me questions. Going on, I'm answering about why doesn't God hear the prayers about my mother who's dying of cancer? You know, if I can speak the power words of life, you know, because the Holy Spirit is within me, and why isn't that happening? And so I try to answer these questions and many others. And then she asks me the question, why do you all pray to the mother of God? Huh. We'll come back to that. We have been traveling with the apostles for 40 days as they were walking with the risen Lord. Jesus was teaching them, reminding them of things that were happening, telling them that the Holy Spirit was going to be sent. They will teach you all things. The Holy Spirit came, was sent, and the apostles began to remember all that God, Christ had said and done and had received the power from him to perform the same acts that he had done. Healing the sick, raising the dead. The information imparted by the Holy Spirit 
was not given as a means for knowledge. Like, FYI, you need to know this, you need to know that, and the other thing. But it was given as a means that all that was to be embodied, to be enfleshed. We aren't just to be a people of a body of knowledge, but the body of Christ, a new creation. This Sunday, we celebrate the Sunday of All Saints. And on this Sunday, these men became the embodiment of Christ. We say that Jesus is the image of the invisible Father. And the saints, by living out their life filled with the Holy Spirit, became the image of Christ. They manifested Christ's presence wherever they went. And all of this reminded me of a story that Bishop Gerald Dino, my ordaining bishop, told some time ago. It's about a Polish musician, a pianist, Pederewski, who died in 1941. Pederewski tells this story, or the people tell this story of this one night at a concert. There was a couple there with their five-year-old child, and their five-year-old child was learning how to play the piano. And so they wanted to bring their child to the concert to encourage him. <clears throat> so they get there and they find their seats, and the, and the parents are conversing with those around them. Finally, the lights dim, everyone sits down, they're assuming their son is in their seat, and oh my gosh, to their surprise or their horror, there is their five-year-old son on stage playing on the piano, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Imagine the surprise on their face. But what the maestro did when he came out was that he whispered to the little boy, keep playing. And so with his left hand, he went around the boy and began to play bass into the music, and he grabbed the right hand, and he went around the other side of the boy and began to embellish the little boy's twinkle, twinkle, little star. And they played, and when they were done, they got a standing ovation. And the people after that concert, and even years later, the only thing they remember about that night is they don't remember any other music that Paderewski played, they only remember Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. The saints that we celebrate today aren't necessarily perfect men or perfect women. They were like you and I. But they strove to live this life of Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. But it was the Holy Spirit, as they were trying to pluck out their life in Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, that the Holy Spirit came around them and embellished all that they did and brought fruit to it. Today I celebrate my sixth anniversary of ordination. And the only thing I remember about that ordination, besides my crying profusely at times, Bishop Gerald reminds me of that often, was the words that he said over me, had his hands on me, may the Holy Spirit make up what is lacking in you. In other words, I'm not going to be a perfect priest. I'm a sinful man. But despite 
my trials and even when I do poorly and I think I really botched that up or somebody else reminds me of it, either directly or indirectly, I comfort myself in those words that the Holy Spirit is going to make fruitful the work I'm trying to do because I'm trying to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the same is with each of you. None of us here is perfect. We all got our foibles. We all got our challenges. But we need to be aware that when we strive to live that life of Christ, the Holy Spirit is coming around us and making life to all that we put to work, making everything alive, embellishing it, allowing us to enflesh the very words of Christ. On that plane, as we were landing, she asked the question, why do you pray to Mary? And I'm thinking to myself, how am I going to respond to somebody who has absolutely no theological foundation? No concept of the language that you and I take for granted. So I pray, oh God, help me. And I start with a simple thing. Well, before we take off, I'm going to ask you to pray for me. Will you do that? Well, of course I will, she said. I go, do you pray for others? Yes, I do. So you acknowledge that we have power in praying for others? Yes. I go, do you remember in the scriptures when you read them about the wedding feast of Cana? Yes. And about how Mary asked Jesus to do something. Jesus says, my time had not come. But Mary says, nice son. She tells the waiter, do whatever he tells you. And Jesus did it. And she goes, yes. And then... You could see a light bulb come on. And she goes, she had the word of God within her. She had a direct connection with God. Of course, she would be a powerful intercessor. It was like her eyes just lit up to an experience that an understanding she would have no, never understood before. In my feeble words, in my fumbling around, the Holy Spirit came around. And as I was trying to plunk out twinkle, twinkle, little star with her, the Holy Spirit was embellishing whatever it was I said and making it fruitful in her ears so that she could come to an understanding. And the same is in your life. Go out and live this life with confidence knowing that the Holy Spirit is going to make fruitful all that you do. We may not see the results. I will never see the results of this woman. Again, I'll never see her again. But I know that revelation affected her profoundly and will make a change and set her, I'm sure, on another path. At the end, when people were take, getting off the plane, I grabbed her hand, put it on my head, and asked her to pray for me. And wow, she was a good prayer. She was good. And when she was done, I prayed over her and gave her a blessing and left. All this started because this one woman who was living a hard life from prison to prison went and had a cup of coffee and had a conversation that changed her life. 
And that conversation set her on the path to be in the seat next to me so that I could have a conversation. The same is with you. Make yourselves available to a conversation. Don't worry about what you're going to say. Ask God to bless it, and He will. And as you live your life, struggling with all that we have to struggle with, as you're in those conversations and you're trying to pluck out twinkle, twinkle, little star, know that the Holy Spirit is making a concert, a beautiful symphony out of the work that you do.